Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, a family law lawyer and partner at Brody Thorning LLP. Welcome to Divorcing Well. Welcome to Divorcing Well. In this week, we have a really positive and uplifting topic, which I always like to have because divorce is, you know, such a traumatic and challenging time in people's lives. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking about designing your post-divorce life. And divorce can actually be, you know, your post-divorce life anyway, can actually be a positive thing. And so my guest today, who I'm really excited to have on, is Paula Seligman. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your last name correctly there, Paula. I should have asked beforehand. So. So um, is it Seligman? Seligman. 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 Sounds yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. And can you, um, Paula is a divorce coach. And can you tell um, listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to be doing the work that you're doing? Well, thanks. Thanks, Leanne. Thank you for sharing um, your, your time with me today and having me in your space. I really appreciate it. Um, I am a professional life coach. My brand, Design Your Life, stems from my previous career owning an interior design company. I worked closely with clients, identifying what they needed to feel safe and grounded in their most intimate spaces. Um, So I share these same principles in the core of my coaching process, helping clients identify their strengths and core values in order to make changes towards specific goals. So as coach and coachee, together, we connect to unpack the client's barriers through a process of self direction and discovery. And as a life coach, my role is to be present and active in the part of the process from laying the foundation to the finishing touches and, you know, ultimately designing a path that is uniquely theirs. Um, Often highlighting that trusting the process is extremely key and effective change. Have you been through a divorce yourself? I have. I have. And is that motivated you? Did that motivate you to, to work more with divorced people? I mean, I, I understand like your clientele isn't all divorced people, it, you know, because you're, you're helping people just with the these types of issues generally. But um, did your own divorce affect, you know, your desire to help people in that space? Um, you know what, it has helped me because my divorce was, um, was sort of, I, I call it a highlight. It was, um, it, it was, it was difficult, definitely, but it was a positive experience because I did a lot of self-reflection and work in that time to have a better positive mindset going forward. And, you know, that's what I try to do with my clients, you know, you know, transitions are hard, separation and divorce. And, um, and so I try to highlight that, that learner mindset state and, um, and, and get them to sort of change their perspective. Now, what are some of the most common challenges you see people facing as they go through the divorce process? Uh, Well, when going through transitions, such as separation and divorce, clients often express feelings of shame, anxiety about supplementing their income, issues with their confidence. Um, Some maybe are afraid to ask for help. There's pressure to re-enter the dating scene. And, you know, if there's children involved, there's complexities with splitting up the time, maintaining family ties, you know, all that is challenging and um, really adjusting to their new reality. Um, and, you know, through COVID, obviously, these challenges are, you know, only more magnified. Definitely. 
Um, I, I think COVID's been just so hard on families, you know, generally and people's mental health generally. And I'm noticing, unfortunately, the spillover into my work that, you know, family law is super busy because people are fighting and splitting up. Um, now, when people are going through divorce, you know, it's generally one of the worst times in their life. It, it's kind, it can be devastating and traumatic for, for many people. So how can they feel hopeful and optimistic that things will get better when they are going through such a difficult time and they're in the thick of it? Well, a healthy mindset is really important when it comes to feeling hopeful and optimistic, um, but mindset is a choice. Um, and it is a process. So you need to, you know, you need to go easy on yourself and make that mental shift into changing the narrative in your head, you know, say the inner critic, so to speak. So taking small steps and designing attainable goals that you can achieve, you know, quite easily, even if the steps take time, trust the process, be kind to yourself and know that showing up builds that confidence, um, you know, to help navigate towards these times. Commit to something, you know, anything. No, and I like your comment about baby steps because I know myself, I've had a period of time in my life where I literally felt like I was just in a black hole and the thought of how I was ever going to get out of that place, it just seemed overwhelming and, and insurmountable. So when you break it down into, you know, just baby steps, little one little step at a time is progress and people have to you know, understand that just taking that one right step can lead to the next one and the next one. And it, it doesn't have to be, if, you know, overwhelming and insurmountable, just break it down. Well, yes. I mean, you can't jump up a stairway, you know, you've got to take those steps and um, it does take patience. It takes time and it takes commitment. You do have to commit to that process and trust it. And, um, you know, it, it will work out. It, it will when you start to see the shift. And, um, and that comes with those smaller wins, those smaller goals and uh, sort of figuring out the bigger picture. It all helps. So I love the, the topic or the title, designing your post-divorce life. So how does somebody go about designing their post-divorce life? Well, again, it's a step-by-step -step process and it begins with really setting realistic attainable goals that you can, you know, you can commit to. Even after the first session, ask yourself, you know, what's the easiest thing I can do today? It could be picking up that book you've always wanted to read or trying a new recipe or, you know, even drinking more water throughout the day. Celebrating those small wins is really key to securing the bigger picture. And it's important to, you know, recognize if your values are aligned with your current life situation. And if they're not, how can you design your life differently? So it helps clients to see that, you know, trusting that process taking the time, laying that foundation, maybe taking a leap of faith, challenging yourself, but no goal is really too small and make yourself a priority. For sure. Sometimes when I'm speaking with some of my clients um, going through their separation and divorce, they talk about making, you know, some big changes to their life because, you know, maybe they felt in the marriage that they were the one always compromising or they were being controlled and they could never do things the way that they wanted. And, you know, so sometimes I'll hear people talking about, you know, moving to Costa Rica or um, quitting their, you know, their job and, you know, doing the job of they've always wanted to and, and this sort of thing. And, 
do you think that when someone's in the thick of the divorce process, would you recommend that they make radical changes during that time? Well, you know, going through a radical change, such as, you know, separation or divorce is stressful enough, even in normal times. So avoiding situations that will cause more stress or warp the power dynamic in your life, maybe the right, you know, choice currently. Instead, maybe give yourself that permission to lessen the load, allow yourself to heal and regroup, take the time to focus on your interests, explore new things, you know, take up a hobby, you know, volunteer, you know, even though it's a bit hard to volunteer in this time, but Really take the time to work on what you need to support your, your next steps and maybe avoid those, you know, power struggles and family dynamic issues and stay clear. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think that like a radical permanent change is, you know, it may not be the best time to do it. You want to make sure that you've done some of the work and the healing before you, you know, quit your job and don't have an income or, you know, maybe leave the country. But um you know, maybe small changes. If someone, I, I always say, you know, if someone wants to change their, their hair color, I mean, maybe that's okay for, for me, that would be traumatic because um, <laughs> I'm a tried and true blonde, but you know, some people, for some people that aren't as tied to their hair color, you know, that could be a little change that makes them feel different, but anything too radical, you want to make sure you're, you know, in a healthy state of mind and place, I guess, before making them. Absolutely. And again, those small steps, like you said, taking, you know, um, small changes or um, like you said, coloring your hair or reading a new book or a new recipe, whatever it is um, that that's fine. That's fine. And that, um, you know, that just builds up, you know, a little bit more confidence, but I think the bigger changes uh, they, they may get in the way. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, what are the tools that someone needs for designing their best life? I mean, I know you've talked about mindset, but how does somebody even change their mindset? What, what tools and, and uh, you know, I guess tools is the word I'm looking for, but so what tools does somebody use to do that? So I love tools. I love, I love, love tools and they're important and crucial in change and growth. So I encourage my clients to start building a toolkit ASAP. And designing your best life can be facilitated by surrounding yourself with supportive people or, you know, people that are going through the same thing you are. Practice mindfulness, changing your narrative. Your inner dialogue starts with talking nicer to yourself. Journaling, you know, practicing gratitude. We all have phones. We can write down little jots of, you know, little things that are going on in our lives, little pieces of gratitude. Um, you know, self-care. Take it seriously. Move your body more. Uh, practice forgiveness show up and be present. And I know this, you know, sounds a little bit more specific, but realizing that divorce does not define you. And it's important to find, you know, that little hidden golden nugget that's inside of all of us that, you know, can spark up a flame. And what does that look like? Exactly. And, you know, it's so important to, to understand that divorce, you know, doesn't define us. It, it's something, you know, a lot of people have a sense of failure and perhaps shame when they're, you know, going through it. And um, I mean, it, it happens. <laughs> Unfortunately, it happens a lot in, in our current world. And, 
it definitely, I mean, I know myself when I went through my divorce, I hated the, the image of, you know, oh, I'm a divorcee now. And, you know, if I was going to date, I felt like, oh, like, are people going to think I'm this single mom out on the prowl who doesn't care about her kids? And, you know, I had all these sort of negative um, images and stereotypes in my mind. And, you know, people, you know, generally, you need to not look at it that way, because it's definitely not and things are changing. Um, but there's still a little bit of that, you know, I guess old mindset. Well, exactly. And it's, 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 it's perspective. It's to try to change that narrative and, um, and work on yourself. You know, what makes you get up in the morning and go and, um, you know, how are you showing up? Now, sometimes I see clients fall into um, what I would characterize as a victimhood outlook and that can keep them stuck so you know and I understand I like people who've been in abusive relationships and whatnot it's you know it's very it's a lot of work and a lot of healing involved in order to um you know move forward and and get a sense of empowerment and all of that um but I sometimes find, you know, it's a, it's a stage that people have to go through in their journey to healing, but some people end up getting stuck there for, you know, what can be an unhealthy amount of time. Um, are you able to help people who, you know, get unstuck when they're in that type of situation? And if so, how do you do it? Okay, so that's a great question. Um, we all get stuck, you know, no matter what, we do get stuck. And it is easy to fall into victimhood because it's a very tricky time when you're going through a divorce. And what happens is we tend to feel sorry for ourselves in one way or another, which is often, you know, confusion of feeling guilt or sorrow or lack of attention, what may be. Um, but when stuck in this vortex, there is no change and there's no growth. And so one can remain sort of stagnant. So when unlocking the cycle, I try to get my clients to imagine their best life and, you know, what that would look like visualizing what it would feel like to be unstuck and move forward. And often that visualization can unlock and unpack some of that fear and bring out that curiosity and wonder, that spark, you know, that flame. So then, you know, once your mind is open, you can start to see other ways of looking at things, perspective and forgiveness and trust, you know, come into play. And one might be able to, you know, shift their mindset, which is incredible. You know, once one realizes and takes ownership and accountability over their circumstances and gain, you know, some sort of control and apply it to a more, you know, learner growth mindset. The insight is empowering, empowering. It's so empowering. And I so agree with that. Um, again, just going back to my own personal story. I mean, I was in a marriage where I felt that I wasn't being treated, you know, in a way that I think I should have been treated and that I would accept being treated now right. um and when my marriage ended I you know I did go with somewhat into the, the victim outlook that you know because I'd been mistreated um you know everything is you know my ex-husband's fault and, and that sort of thing but as I went through my own healing journey and worked with a coach and, and a therapist and, and did the work um, you know, what I came to realize was that, you know, there was something in me that allowed me to be treated the way he was treating me, that I stay stuck around and, and tolerated it and, and let it go on. So that was something I needed to work on within myself. That was so I had to take ownership of that. And then I also had to take ownership of, 
So there was a bit of a, a codependency or a, I call it a dance that went on where, you know, I would do something, he would react a certain way, then I would react in kind to his reaction and it would just spin from there. And so once I got a better understanding of, of the dynamic, I learned that, you know, not to react the way that I traditionally reacted or not to give him certain information that I knew, you know, how he would react to it. Um to kind of change the dynamics of the relationship. And even though he didn't do anything to change it, because I changed my behavior, that completely changed, you know, the whole entire dynamic. And so again, for me, that was a piece of the, you know, accountability and learning and taking ownership of my role in, in things. So I think it's really important for people to, you know, even if you're in a situation where you're being abused and you're, you are a victim mm -hmm. to, to look at your role in it and how you might be able to change your reaction or your behaviors as well. And, and you're right. It's like that ownership. It's taking your life back. And when you get, when you have that insight, you know, it is, it is very, very, very empowering and, um, and even though it takes time and changing, you know, that mindset, you get your life back. You get exactly back, right now can divorce lead to a better life. Right? I mean, we're kind of, I guess the way our conversation is going, we're saying yes, but you know, what are, what's your perspective on that? Well, absolutely. Divorce is, it can be better. Um, I mean, can, not divorce can be better, but you can have a better life after divorce. Because again, divorce does not define you. Um, set your goals. What do you want? What's at stake? What do you need to support your goals? Start today. Let me share with you a personal time in my life. I was divorced in my late 20s. Um, soon after that, I met my second husband and later created a business and was able to raise my kids from home with, with an office that I built for myself, which was a huge dream of mine. You know, And I was able to achieve this by doing the self-work I committed to the process. I let go of blame and shame and invited that new perspective and positive energy into a better mindset, which served me better. Um, and having supportive people and present people in my life um, that were showing up for me and me showing up for myself. Um, there's an old quote that uh, you receive what you put out into the universe, you know, redefining yourself. It's so exciting. It can be so, so, you know, amazing and exciting. And um, to be able to do things differently, to start again, what would that look like? How amazing would that be? No, exactly. Uh, yeah, we touched upon this uh, a little bit earlier, but um, do you find a lot of clients feel a stigma surrounding divorce? And, you know, if so, how can we as professionals help to change this? Well, I think the universal stigma surrounding divorce has faded a bit since, well, in my opinion, since divorce is, you know, quite common nowadays. But what I've noticed is that clients uphold the stigma for themselves, you know, through confidence barriers, worrying about what people think. And obviously, if they have children, you know, will they be good role models for them? And, um, you know, now that they're separated as a unit. But with my clients, I use the learner mindset tool, which is really asking ourselves, how can we change our way of thinking to free ourselves of the barriers we put up? Um, so I work with my clients to build confidence, encourage them to focus on themselves, whatever, you know, what they want their lives to be and how to structure that foundation, give them the strength and resilience, um, you know, how to show up to be their most authentic self. And it's really important, um, you know, to anchor those belief systems for, you know, self-growth and acceptance. It's funny, you don't hear this term thrown around quite as much these days, although it, it is still out there. But 
you know, is someone who was, is a single mom. Um, I always hated the term broken families, like that somehow children, you know, who, who are raised in a divorced family, they come from a broken family. It's just such a negative term. So I think, you know, again, slowly we're getting away from that type of terminology. Um, and, you know, not viewing, you know, children of divorce is necessarily ones who are going to have more problems and things like that. Yeah. And I think the word blended family is so acceptable. And there's so, you know, it's again, it's it's a choice. You can blend your family beautifully. You know, you've got to make that a priority and um, and take those you know stigmas out of out of, you know, out of the um, out of the dialogue and work towards that that word blended. It's it's beautiful. What's your best piece of advice for someone who is at the beginning of their divorce journey? Don't give up. Show up. Don't give up. And although, you know, it's a daunting time in your life, um, believe in the power of your strengths. You are the driver of your life, the designer of your soul. Trust your gut. Take self-care seriously. Tap into your resources and lean on your support system. You know, again, divorce does not define you. It can be a really amazing opportunity to redesign your life the way you want it. It can be empowering. We talked about that. Um, ask yourself, what am I excited about today? And what do I need to support my best life, you know, moving forward? And you mentioned support system. And I think that that's, you know, so important for people who are going through divorce, whether it's, you know, friends or family members, not their children, um, or whether it's, you know, professionals such as yourself um, or therapists and, you know, their, their lawyer and, you know, people like that, um, it's just so important, I think, for people to understand that you don't have to go it alone. It, it is like, you know, the, the research shows that I think next to death of a spouse, divorce is life's second most stressful event for, you know, the average person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having that support network, network is so crucial. And ask, you know, ask for help. There is, like you said, there's so much help out there. Um, support, um, lean on a friend family member, whatever it is, uh, get, get the conversation going, get the dialogue going. It's, it's not taboo. We can talk about it. Exactly. Now, how can listeners find you if they'd like to work with you? You provided some great uh, advice and tips here today. So what's the best way for people to find you? Well, firstly, I just want to thank you, Leanne. I just want to, you know, acknowledge how great, you know, your, your podcast is great resource, not only for people going through divorce, but it's an informative portal. Um, and I want to just thank you for that. Um, my website is www.paulaseligmancoaching.com and my Instagram is linked on that site. Um, and, you know, think of designing your life as a fresh coat of paint, you know, start now. <laughs> I like that. Well, thank you so much, Paula, for coming on the podcast and sharing uh, your advice and tools. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's been very helpful. And thank you to listeners. Please tune in, like, subscribe, recommend the podcast to your friends and family who might be able to benefit from content. And I will see you back here next week on Divorcing Well. Hi, my name is Janet Finaki, and I'm the host of the Resilient People podcast. I interview regular people from around the world who've experienced something major in their lives, bounce back, and found a purpose in helping others be resilient too. They're folks like you and me, and their stories are totally relatable, extraordinary, and inspiring. I had no idea what I could do until I did it. 
but it's the motivation of doing for other people that you know need support need help that you're able to really push and dig and find what you can do have an open discussion and not write us off and allow us to actually talk about our disability like don't assume my limits mm-hmm. for me you know, we went for a drive, told her what her mom was going through and what the likely outcome is going to happen. And we both just bawled. And then finally, Kate just said that we need to have hope. And to be resilient, you have to you have to have hope. Join me as we get to know some incredibly resilient people. The Resilient People Podcast is everywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining me on Divorcing Well. If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leannetownsend.ca.